Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne, I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, please take a moment to rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It will help other ACAs find the show. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on meetings. I'm really happy to report that Tuesday Toolbox is back to meeting in person in our church basement in Brooklyn after 15 months on Zoom. This week we're hearing from Danielle who spoke on her experience with Step 3. Please enjoy. Hi, Danielle. I just want to start off by saying that I'm so, so happy to be here. Um, this is my first in-person meeting since um, the pandemic started. And, you know, I've been really grateful for the Zoom meetings and connections that have been formed in alternative ways. But for me, there's been nothing that comes close to just sitting in a room with people and just sort of feeling the energy of everyone and recovery and love and connection and non-judgment. So this is a really special thing for me and I'm honored that Sue asked me to speak, so thank you. Um, I'll also say I'm a little nervous because I haven't been to a meeting <laughs> in person for a while, so. Thank you for um, being patient with me and just being here to witness me and listen to me and hear my story. So um, I am going to start off by just telling you a little bit about my background and then I'm going to talk a little bit about step three and what that means to me and my relationship with my higher power and where that's been and how it's evolved and how it relates to where I am today and how it's gotten me through some recent experiences. So just to give you some background, I come from a family of addiction. My mother is my main qualifier. Um, she was an active addict until I was about 30. and. Um, you know, I just have memories of her sort of like stumbling around, being very unavailable for me. Um, not knowing what was going to happen, feeling no control, feeling a lot of insecurity, uh, feeling a lot of fear all of the time. And my dad kind of just like turned a blind eye to it um, and pretended nothing was going on. Um, and also sort of made me like his miniature wife. Um, at the same time and as a teenager I developed this sort of rigid control as a response to all of this insecurity and uncertainty and that was my way of feeling safe like if I can control everything and be rigid then I can be safe um, if I can predict everything that's going to happen I can be safe 
And I sort of carried this behavior into my adult life. And, um, you know, I tried to control things and people through um, mind reading, through people pleasing. And to me, these are all forms of control through, um, you know, being with men in intimate ways, you know, to get them to connect with me because I thought, you know, that that would be this way to be like, we're connected. <laughs> you know, we were just physically intimate. Um, and I also was very rigid about my career as well. I thought I had to do certain things in a certain way because that's what I was taught. And um, I didn't recognize that there was another way to live, I had no idea. And so when I came to program about six years ago, I was very sort of um, in a place of feeling disconnected from myself and disconnected from other people. And I really had a very hard time feeling like part of the world. Um, I had a hard time feeling like real connections to other people. Like I had friends and relationships and I had had romantic relationships, but there was a lack of depth there and a lack of intimacy. And I didn't know what was going on, you know, and I was in therapy and I was in this and I was in that, but I didn't know how to connect. Um, and like I said, my mother got sober um, around that time, a little bit before that. And all of a sudden, it was like, okay, now we're going to have this relationship. And I was like, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, so, you know, there was a lot of work I needed to do with her as well. Um, but... I want to read the ACA, the third step prayer, before I get into the relationship with my higher power. So the third step prayer says, God, I am willing to surrender my fears and to place my will and my life in your care one day at a time. Grant me the wisdom to know the difference between the things I can and cannot change. Help me to remember that I can ask for help. I am not alone. Amen. So, whew so powerful still every time I read it. So when I came into the rooms, I realized that there was this moment of surrender, um, that I was no longer alone. I remember the first meeting and I heard people talking and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe people are sitting in a room talking about these things. This is unbelievable. I've never experienced this before. And it was my first hint at intimacy, um, you know, I hadn't yet developed these intimate relationships, but it was this like tinge of, wow, this is what sharing looks like. This is what relating looks like from like a real authentic place. So it, you know, was this beginning of this template of connection for me. Um, and I learned to trust other people um, to witness me and hold my story and hear me without judging me, um, you know, and I also learned to trust myself, but most importantly, I learned to trust a higher power, and I learned to trust 
that there is something greater than me that can guide me and help me and heal me. And once I surrendered that in step three, and once I surrendered control, which was really hard, because like I mentioned, that was something that I held on to for dear life because it made me feel so safe. Um, and I needed to know what was going to happen. Like when I joined program, I was like, well, I see that person there and they're married with two kids. And I've said this before and they live in Brownstone. So, okay, they'll sponsor me. And then in two years, that will be me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, that's done in my time. Great. Love it. Um, you know, and that was me trying to control outcomes. And that was not my higher powers plan for me. And that's okay. And I, I trust higher powers plan for me. I really, really do. And I can say that with all honesty. And, you know, I recently went through a breakup and it's, you know, it's been hard. Um, and, it's the right thing, but you know, there's still grief there and loss. But I don't have the feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm going through this breakup. I can't control it. I'm gonna be alone. My life is ruined. It's more like I turn over the results and my future to a higher power. I really do trust that I'm gonna be okay. Um, I'm not afraid and I don't feel alone. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I don't feel alone is because I have learned to form genuine connections with other people. And um, I've learned to really relate and connect in ways that I'm so grateful for. And, you know, I did that through fellowship. I did that through my relationship with my sponsor. I did that through being in meetings. You know, just just showing up, just showing up, hearing other people, witnessing other people, realizing I'm not alone. Um, and, you know, connecting with my inner child, which that could be a whole other situation that I talk about, but I won't talk about that tonight. But, um, you know, there's just, something very beautiful about the connection that occurs through surrender um, for me anyway because I was really scared of what are people going to think about me um, you know what if they don't like me um, what if I'm not good enough um, and, you know, I don't know you know what if uh, you, you know and I just I heard a long time ago, go where it's warm. And um, I go where it's warm. And I trust that I can be authentic and be taken care of. And I don't have to control, oh, thank you, other people. You know, I don't have to control people's reactions to me. I don't have to control other people and what they do. Um, and I, I just want to say, and this is very important, very important. I do this so imperfectly. Like, I can sit up here, literally sit up here on this pedestal. <laughs> and, you know, like, 
preach, but um, this is, there's no finish line here. And um, there's no like um, being totally healed and, you know, and I'm, I'm so humbled all of the time when I am going through something hard, when I have to be reminded of steps one, two, and three. Um, you know, recently I was talking to a fellow because I was having a hard time. And she said to me, Danielle, you know, you have to remember steps one, two, and three. And I was like, right. You know, I'm powerless over this dysfunction. I'm powerless over these issues. Um, but I'm willing <clears throat> to turn over my will and my life over to the care of a higher power, and I'm going to. And, you know, after I did and I released these outcomes to something greater than myself, there was so much relief um, and so much clarity and so much more space for healing um, that came with that. And I, you know, I don't have all the answers. And, you know, I am not, like, I, I try to tell myself, like, I'm not the dictator of my life. You know, I don't want to be a dictator. Um, I want to be someone who goes through life with grace and love and surrender and tenderness and you know I want to be able to connect and live sort of meaningfully um, and in a fulfilling way where I feel like I have purpose and yeah that can come through career and work and you know lots of other things but at the end of the day for me and my experience that has really come from connecting authentically um, with myself with other people and with my higher power so I am going to leave that there thank you thank you